The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is Bill Melton, and you're listening to Roster Rush. Roster Watch Nation. How are we doing? We're back for a beautiful Friday here in the early part of January. I am Cody Carpentier with our friendly neighbor, Trash Man. We're here to talk about a couple of wide receivers from the Shrine Bowl and from the Senior Bowl, a couple of events that will be coming up here at the end of January. We've been doing a couple of other uh, episodes here. Alex and myself have talked about a couple of Senior Bowl guys to this point, bringing in Trash Man because he's going to be nailing a lot of these Shrine Bowl guys out. And we're going to continue to dominate the Senior Bowl and the Shrine Bowl this year. So make sure you tapped in here on YouTube uh, at Roster Watch. Click that like button. Click subscribe. Do all those things to stay tuned and stay tapped in because this is year-round analysis that you will be getting. First and foremost today, though, Trashman, how you doing? I can't complain. Or I guess I could, but nobody'd listen. You know, it's actually, you know, in Austin, Texas, we got a freeze coming. But, you know, that's just like a – that's a Friday and you know, seventy five percent of the rest of the uh, the U.S. right now. So, not not much to be All said. Right. All right. Well, let's let's start out first and foremost with the with the probably the the biggest uh, biggest weapon, I guess, in this draft. Johnny Wilson from Florida State. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna give you the floor here. Uh, let the people know about Johnny Wilson and kind of what your thoughts are on him. Because when I looked at him, this is a this is a massive human in my brain. Just immediately goes to move him to tight end, make him Darren Waller. What do you think, though? I mean, when he enters the NFL, and he will enter the NFL, he'll be the tallest receiver in the NFL. I think there's maybe one been one guy who's been taller than uh, Wilson, who's played receiver. I think there was a six eight receiver. I don't remember his name. It was a long time ago. But I mean, Wilson would dwarf guys like Calvin Johnson, at least height wise. You know, he's six foot seven, 237 pounds. Um, I guess the closest thing that we've had to a Johnny Wilson in recent years is probably like a, a Kelvin Benjamin. Um, mm-hmm. That we're, we're talking that kind of size. He's got massive catch radius, um, prototypical X receiver size. But considering how big he is, he's actually pretty fast for his size. Um, projected to run in the maybe high four fives. Um, he's deceptively agile, too, for a guy his size. He adjusts to the ball well. He's got great body control. Um, it's really something you have to see, believe with a guy. You know, he, he doesn't really get a lot of press because guys are scared to play him you know, in the press. So, you know, and he's hard to bring down. Um, the biggest downside I saw with Wilson, I see with Wilson is too many unforced drops. I mean, you got a guy that big, the guy hands that big 
Um, he shouldn't be dropping as many balls as he does. And he's inconsistent in blocking, which you don't want to see from a guy that size either. So, I mean, you could say move him to tight end, but if he's not blocking consistently, I don't know yeah. if that's the move for him. Um, and, it, you know, he lacks separation skills. Like I said, he's agile. He's got good body control, but um, he has not necessarily acquired the technique to really get separation at the top of his routes. But then again, he hasn't really needed to. And also, you know, he's got limited route tree for the same reason. You know, he hasn't really needed to um, really bone up on his routes. Um, but yeah, you take one look at him. He's an intriguing prospect. Teams are going to, you know, be champing at the bit to see what he can do. Yeah. But like I said, he had a 12.8 drop rate, um, which I think in some ways is due to quarterbacks throwing the ball to him when they probably shouldn't have, you know, it's one of those things where you got a guy like that. It was like with Stafford, with Calvin Johnson, he just throw the ball up to him and hope that he get it, you know? And so, I think in some of those instances with some of those drops, they were just balls that he probably shouldn't have gotten, but he also makes too many unforced errors in my opinion. And I don't want another Quentin Johnson (laughs) on my hands this season. So it's something um, definitely going to have to um, really take a look at in, you know, in in these upcoming bowl games and, and the combine. So I was just looking through a historical database uh, from Player Profiler. It's got about 1,250 wide receivers on it, and there's nobody in the database that goes back to roughly 2012-2014. Nobody taller than 6'6 at the wide receiver position, official height, weight, uh, and nobody um, over 6'6 that was more than 225 pounds. So he's a complete outlier, at least of the last decade and a half. Um, some of those other guys in here that were, you know, 225, Brandon Coleman ran a four five six, kind of, you know, I guess you'd say pretty similar, uh, of an athlete per se, uh, Tanner McAvoy, don't really matter. Colin Johnson for university of Texas, uh, six, six, 222 pounds. Was there anybody, was, was there any, was there any comps that really stood up to you? Cause when I looked at him, I saw a little more Alan Lazard. Alan um, Lazard was the comp that I made. That was okay because I see three on here, and I was I didn't know which one you were leaning I mean, towards. Well, I mean, Calvin, I mean, so. Calvin Benjamin and yeah. Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard, just watching his tape, that's who it reminded me of. Um, Kelvin Benjamin, I think that maybe you know it was just maybe some nostalgia there, um, but also just a massive receiver. Um, who you know, I think he I think he was closer in maybe size to like. Uh, Wilson, then an Alan Lazard. I feel like Alan Lazard maybe a little bit slighter than a Wilson. Yeah. Kelvin Benjamin just kind of a, a beast of a man. I mean, yeah, you literally. I mean, Auden Tate's on this list, and Auden Tate and Kelvin Benjamin, both Florida State guys. Auden Tate on this historical database ran a four six eight. He was six five, two hundred twenty eight pounds. So he's pretty similar in stature uh, as well. Uh, Hakeem Butler's another one on here, 6'5", 227, but he ran a 4'4", hyper. I do think Wilson moves better than these guys, though. He does. He he does seem like that. I was just one thing that, like, we've been kind of keen on the last couple of episodes that we've been talking about that we noticed more on PFF is the first down to reception ratio. I noticed he had 31 first downs this year on just 41 receptions. So uh, about, what, was that 75%, 76% of his receptions have been for first downs. And I thought that that's one thing that really stuck out to me when I was watching him was just it was like every time 
whether it was a dig route or whatever it was, it was like bang, right? The sticks, first down, Johnny Wilson. When you were watching him, was you know, Keon Coleman's another guy in this class um, that he plays with. And there's a question in the chat from our boy Gooner Boy. He says, Is Wilson better than Coleman? Right now, the, the general thought uh, amongst draft media is that Coleman's the better receiver. Did you notice Coleman while you were watching Wilson specifically? Um, I didn't get to take as good a look at Coleman. Um, I will um, just because, you know, I guess people are making those comparisons. So I, I need yeah. to sit down and really watch Coleman um, to, b- before I really make, make a judgment call on those two. All right, let's let's talk about Malik Washington. Malik Washington's a guy that uh, I was listening to um, a podcast uh, about Shrine Bowl players, and I heard a comparison of like a Demario Douglas type. Uh, after looking at his statistics and watching him a little bit, I kind of was like, why, why are they not you know comparing the Shrine Bowl to Shrine Bowl? Why are they not comparing him to maybe a Zay Flowers? Uh, I want to hear your thoughts kind of on that though, because he's kind of a smaller guy. Um, if he's closer to DeMario, closer to a Zay, he was a transfer into Virginia this past year and went nuclear. So what do you think about Malik Washington? Actually, DeMario Douglas was the comp I made. I didn't even realize that that was, um, there you go. I mean, but just looking at his size, they're similar in size and it's similar situations. DeMario Douglas wasn't really a guy we were hearing about until, you know, he was kind of thrust into, uh, that role for the Patriots. And I feel like with Will, with Wills in, um, with Washington, excuse me, it's similar in that, you know, his pre, you know, he was a fifth year senior before going to um, Virginia. Where, and, he, and I think the most, the highest yardage he's had before going to um, Virginia was he had 700, um, 701 yards that was his that's what he topped out on in any of the four years um before he um went to virginia and you know in his one year in virginia doubled that you know um so i don't know if it was if it was a relationship of convenience like if they just didn't have that many options behind washington i mean behind washington they had um, who's this guy? Malachi Fields. He's their second receiver. He had a respectable 800 yards, five touchdowns. Um, but behind those two, the next highest mark for any pass catcher was 176 yards on the season. That was by a running back. Um, yeah. So I just don't know. You watch his tape and he looks good. You know, he's shifty. He's well built, even though he's smaller. Um, he's quick. An open space got good ball skills, but you have to wonder. Is that production um, based off of them not really having many other options in the passing game? And that was really one of the reasons, main reasons I also compared him to Demario Douglas. Um, is that I don't know if it'll be the case that you know if he's on a team that has a lot of wide receiver depth, if he will continue to um, produce like we saw his one year. One thing. One thing looking at market shares, uh, Malik Washington, amongst everybody we've talked about so far from the Senior Bowl, he's got a 44% market share in the receiving category, which is 17% higher than anybody else. Jacob Cowing had a 27% market share. He's at 44% is Malik Washington and a 47% yardage share. And then again, a 47% touchdown share. So, I mean, that little ticker on our spreadsheet is completely dark blue. You can't even hardly read the number because he's that far ahead of the field right now uh, in that perspective. 
you know, you compare him to Demario Douglas. Do you, do you think that this guy has the abilities in the route running to can be a day one guy like Demario Douglas? Basically, at this point, when you look at that at the New England receiving core, it feels like, well, you know, with the turnover, Demario feels like the one guy that is for sure going to make it through. Do you think Washington's a guy we can we can kind of maybe maybe throw a late round pick and you know in these rookie drafts, these rookie fantasy football drafts, we can kind of maybe look at him for in the first round. No, 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 no. I'm saying in the yeah. late rounds. Late, late rounds. Yeah, in the late rounds, I think so. I mean, I mean, you were able to watch a little bit of tape on him, um, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, he's not accepting facts, but he's quick. He's got quick feet. He's agile. He's actually really, you know, pretty good at change of direction um, on a dime. Um, and he's a confident runner. You know, we know he's got solid hands. His 110 catches dwarfs the competition. So even if he is getting the opportunity, he's still got to catch the balls, and he's shown he can do that. Although he does catch the ball into his body more than I'd like to see. Um, and yeah, I don't know what what size his hands are. Maybe smaller hands, and maybe that's you know an artifact of that. But he's still able to bring those balls in. Um, and you know what was most noticeable to me about Washington was his contact balance. He's got excellent contact balance. Um, he's got that low center of gravity. He keeps turning forward. He keep, you know, he runs with a head of steam. Um, and he, you know, he doesn't usually go down on first contact, although he is, you know, defend, defenders can take him down from behind because he's not exceptionally fast. He lacks, you know, kind of elite long speed. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Shout out to Coach Blake's breakdowns here in the uh, in the chat. He says his first time going to the Senior Bowl this year. Best of luck, Coach. Uh, hopefully, see you down there. We appreciate everybody tapping in here. Please click that like button. Please click subscribe if you are here on YouTube. If you're listening on podcast cat podcast, please leave a five star review. We greatly appreciate it. Trashman, I want to talk about my guy here, Lad McConkey, uh, little white guy from Georgia, six foot, one hundred eighty five pounds, very quick, very quick. He's twenty three. Maybe years little old. to you. He, he did. <laughs> Scrawny, scrawny. We'll call him. We'll call him about scrawny. ten pounds on me. <laughs> All right, that's fair. That's fair. I, I got him projected for about a four three eight. I think he's going to be a burner. Um, I think his his quick twitch is the kind of th- thing that pops off uh, right away at you. I was listening to a little Kirby Smart stuff um, the other day, and he was talking about how he found McConkey. He was watching actually a couple four and five star prospects that he has at a camp, and. This kid was playing the opposite side. So he had four and five star corners. McConkey was playing receiver on the opposite side and McConkey was beating his, his recruits. And he's like, who the hell is this guy? And so they go and reach out to him and he's got offers from schools that don't even like literally FCS schools and schools that don't matter. Um, and he offers him, he accepts it. He boom, he walks on uh, like it was like, I think it was a week or two before uh, signing day. Uh, but McConkey is a guy that, he was 158 pounds coming out of high school, 158 pounds, and he's dwarfed into, he's moved into about 185-pound uh, prospect right now. I think he's got good downfield ball tracking and adjustments. I think he lacks a little bit at the contested catch uh, area. His strength is a little bit of a weakness there, but um, his rushing ability is good. 
jet sweeps, reverses anything. McConkie's the guy that you'll see taking those opportunities. For every bad play he makes, a drop, a, whether it's a bad play or a drop, he rips off a 10-yard gain on a whip route or, or he's in there on a reverse or shallow cross or whatever it is. He's taking advantage. Um, some things I did worry about, smaller hands, uh, worry about his grip and his length. Um, at times it's kind of apparent when he, you know, when he's – making these moves on these bigger longer corners and you can just tell that there's a little bit of a, a retraction of, of size and, and length and uh he has struggled with near fumbles he only has one official fumble over the last two seasons but a handful of near fumbles uh where he was called down and but they were close and it's things that you think about like when the nfl gets a little bit faster a little bit quicker and a guy like that potentially you know having a little more of a problem with that he's he does struggle uh, deep downfield in the contested area, like I mentioned before. Um, can develop a case of the drops when he hears footsteps. It's kind of one of those things you see a guy coming across and he's the ball's coming right into his hands, and it's just kind of one of those 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 drops. Um, but he did move up from nine point four percent drop rate in twenty twenty two to a six point three percent drop rate in twenty twenty three. So we got a little bit better, but again, very light frame. Struggled with injuries in college. He had a knee injury in 2022, a back injury in 2023 to begin the season, then an ankle injury in the middle of the year. But really had a great game against Florida here in the middle of the season. Um, I think where he kind of fits in a scheme is literally anywhere. At the next level, uh, I think his slot's probably going to be a space where he's utilized the most. Um, 47% slot usage uh, in 2021, 21% in 2023. Kind of regressed down. But I think when you go into the NFL, I think that's going to be a place where we see him uh, utilized more and more talking about the first downs a minute ago, 62 of 88 receptions were for first downs over the last two seasons. So heavily utilized in that opportunity. He was a Warfel trophy winner, which honors the best uh, kind of combines the uh, show, the exemplary community service with athletics, with academics. He won that award this past season. Uh, I think some things that make him a little different than everybody else, he's got a lead ability to separate with quick twitch, foot speed, st- suddenness, and kind of a little bit of a deception on routes. Quick, that was the one thing. I didn't think he was that – he's got a good first move, but I didn't I didn't think he was that twitchy. But I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I need to watch in like, in like what setting though? Like in like on like, you know, after the catch or what? Um, After the catch, he was he looked good. Um, you know, he, he was like, it seemed like more like one cut and up kind of guy. He makes his move and goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. and he was good at that. It just seemed like, I, I just didn't seem that he didn't seem that twitchy to me just making, you know, on the, on the top of his routes. But, um, well, I, I guess when I say quick twitch, my quick twitch is definitely like, it, it's not like Tyree quick twitch, right? Like that's yeah. like a, that's like a, his ability to just like stay twitchy though. Like make multiple moves. I don't think McConkie's going to be a guy that's going to make multiple moves. It's definitely like a quick twitch, get where you need to go. I don't think it's a, a Tyreek twitch, if that makes sense. Okay. Who was your comp for him? My comp for Lad McConkie is uh, Brandon Cooks. Huh. Okay. A guy that you often see take the ball down the sideline, can kind of hit those one-move those uh, one move routes, used in the jet, used around – just an overall impactful player on a team, but kind of looked at in multiple uh, universes, obviously. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think there's size wise. He didn't really, I don't, I don't really think it cooks as much. Um, it's a little, I think cooks is a little heavier. I believe. Let me look. Cooks is uh, actually cooks is five ten one eighty nine. Yeah. I'd say I thought cooks would be lighter than, so he's 5'10", 180. So he's more compact. That's the thing. So McConkie's yeah. two inches taller than him. They're about yeah, the same weight. McConkie looks a little bit longer. 
Yeah. I mean, he kind of reminded me a little bit of, uh, you know, it's just like a little Jordy Nelson out there. Um, that just, style, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like slightly. I need to watch. I need to watch a little more tape on him, though. I, I like him, though. I like that. One thing I did note here uh, in the kind of my fantasy outlook for him, uh, I think when it's all said and done, he's going to enter the NFL as a severely underrated wide receiver. Teams may overlook his appearance and stature, um, but the success of the 2023 draft class last year uh, will persuade owners to lean into a guy like this. I mean, people see Puka Nakua and they're like, you know. Yeah. Puka Puka and then all those other like smaller guys, all the, you know, the guys that are 170, 180 um, as far as the stature goes. I think that's going to allow people to think more positively towards a McConkie as well as the success that he had at Georgia, um, you know, with Brock Bowers, uh, with Adnai Mitchell, uh, with George Pickens. I think that's going to allow him to uh, move up there. But I think his rookie season, you can kind of see like a, a somewhere between like a Darna Mooney and Emmanuel Sanders type of an output, um, both former third round picks. I have uh, McConkie currently slated as like a late third, early fourth round uh, projection there. Uh, Sanders, I know the name is hot, but his rookie season, he ended with 28 receptions, 376 yards, and just two touchdowns. So, um, so Sanders those guys, was, though, I think are more like deep threats. And you're saying yeah. you don't see um, McConkie as much as, I as think, much of a deep threat. I don't think he, yeah, I don't see him as a deep threat, but I think he has the ability to, he has the ability. It's weird because like you can see him doing it, but he has issues sometimes catch it like with the drops he's downfield and i don't think his contested area is very strong but with the speed he has i can see him growing into a higher role and yeah it is like i guess the emmanuel sanders and, and cook's kind of area conversation does make sense for lacking the lacking downfield stuff where that would make sense but mooney when i think of mooney i don't always think of downfield i think sometimes across the middle and uh crossers things of that nature yeah, I think it could be closer for me. Yeah, and he's he's a he's a slenderer guy. I think he was like, I don't even know if he was one eighty. He was one seventy six, and he ran a four three eight. He was a fifth round pick though at Tulane. So I th- the bottom line is though bottom line is though I think he has the ability to make a splash on the field in year one, but I'm definitely not jumping to say he's the next Puka Nakua. Um, when I compare him to other p- players we've discussed uh, in the Senior Bowl. I have him behind Malachi Corley, below uh, Jacob Cowing. have him as a wide receiver five so far going into the Senior Bowl um, amongst just Senior Bowl guys ahead of Ricky Pearsall and I uh, I can't say his name, Aenas Smith or Anias Smith, whichever way Aeneas. you look at it. Aeneas, um, yeah. So um, did you have any other thoughts on McConkie? Uh, no, no other thoughts on McConkie. I mean, McConkie, he looked – yeah, he looked good as like a chain mover kind of who can open who could break open big plays. Um but I, but I liked him. Another thing though that I didn't mention in high school this kid played quarterback, running back, DB, returner, punter at 158 pounds. He racked up over 3000 total yards at senior season with 36 touchdowns. And as a returner in college, uh, he also uh, racked up quite a few opportunities. I think uh, the number was 21 punts, and he averaged 13.3 yards uh, per punt return. So there's opportunities, I think, for him uh, also in the special teams, which is also obviously a positive for these wide receivers that aren't early, early uh, targeted areas. And when you do look at the market share for uh, Lad McConkey, it's definitely not the same conversation as Malik Washington because he was also in a different offense in Georgia with uh, 
some studs, some might say, in Brock Bowers, Adonai Mitchell, uh, George Pickens, and, and players of that nature. But uh, 9% uh, reception market share, 11% receiving yard market share, and 7% receiving touchdown market share. So kind of the polar opposite. He's the bottom of the list as far as the total production goes. But uh, Lad McConkey, I think he's going to end up being a solid pro um, late third, early fourth is kind of where I'm looking. Um, but we got one player left uh, to talk about here. And I'm not sure if either of us, one of us is probably saying it right, but light a trick. Griffin is what I'm going to go with. Trick. I'm going to give it to you and I'm going to let you talk about him and, and <laughs> say the name. So Ladetric Griffin from Mississippi state. Yeah. Ladetric Griffin, five, 10, 180 pounds. Um, you know, there's really kind of a dearth of tape on Griffin uh, right now. I think because he got most of his hay as kind of a kick returner. He was arguably the nation's best kick returner. Average 32.2 average yards on per, per return that led the nation. Um, so it definitely aided in him being able to track the ball in the air and to be able to see the field um, well, which he does. Um, in space, he's extremely shifty with the ball in his hands. He covers a lot of ground quickly. What I really like about him and you know him being a smaller guy, is he's willing to go up and get the ball in contested catches, um, which is a trait I like to see you know in some of these smaller – receivers um and he's got some experience playing corner you know so he kind of you know knows what he's up against in some respect and he and when you see him with the ball in his hand he kind of looks like a running back the way that he's um maneuvering through the field with the ball in his hands um which like to see so he seems like a, a versatile player he's going to be relegated to the slot due to his size um, in fact, teams may see him primarily as a return I think that's going to be his biggest problem um, unless he, you know, puts out some kind of – unless he excels in reps um, and at the, at the bowl game and in the combine. I think teams – a lot of teams are going to look at him as primarily a kick returner, which, you know, could be, you know, the death knell for fantasy purposes. But – he is a good receiver. He actually had the biggest receiving game for uh, – I mean, he holds the record for most receiving yards in a game for Mississippi State, 256 yards um, on seven catches. So he has the acumen. He's got the skills to be a receiver, to be a good receiver, um, kind of a, a, a an, an, un, an unafraid receiver um, who's willing to lay himself out. So I think if he can prove himself – um prior to the draft maybe he can dispel a little bit of this notion that he is you know just primarily a special team guy that's the one thing that started me was the special teams of course over 1600 uh return yards and 126 opportunities just in uh or sorry wrong number 54 returns on 1600 yards but uh saw he was all american as well as a returner in 2022 and uh, all conference in 2022. So I haven't watched a lot of lighter tricks. So I'm going to just kind of, there's lean not on. much to watch on them. You lean on your thoughts. I haven't watched them yet, but um, that's kind of my thoughts. I just know him as a returner and that's about it right now. So was there any comps that really stuck out? Do you think there's really an Avenue for him to be a successful receiver or do you think he's literally just going to get kind of pushed into that returner area and just have I to mean, grind? him having Mississippi state's, biggest game as a receiver in history yeah. i think bodes well for him um my first comp was d eskridge um mm. who i really liked 
coming into the NFL, never has not quite found his place um, as a Seahawk. Um, you know, he's got a lot of competition there, though. Um, but that kind of player, another player, Marvin Mims, he's got those kind of capabilities, got those big play capabilities. But will a t- team figure out how to use him? I mean, like, you know, the Broncos still never – they saw the talent in Marvin Mims on seeing what like an almost weekly basis, still never really figured out how to keep him on the field. Um, so it was, it was those guys that kind of reminded me of, you know, a lot of talent, a lot of athleticism, um, good ball skills. Um, it just, I think it'll kind of depend on where he lands is to, if he gets a real opportunity to be, a, you know, kind of an every down receiver. There you go. And this year, Ladatrick had or Ladatrick had a 25% market share in the receiving area, 30% in the receiving yards, 27% in the receiving touchdowns from Mississippi State. That's Ladatrick Griffin, Malik Washington, Lad McConkey, and the big man, Johnny Wilson from Florida State. We appreciate you guys for tapping in here at Roster Watch, the trash man for Cody Carpentier. We appreciate you guys, and we'll be back with more shows over the course of the next couple of weeks. So, yeah. See ya. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.